Chapter 2. Never name the main character after yourself. That's just pathetic. Bob Defendi. Who goes there? A voice shouted. Bob D'Amico. A figure stepped into the light. He was six foot nine and wore chainmail on his arms and legs, a breastplate, and a helm with a T-slit like Boba Fett's. In one hand, he held a large axe. On his back, he carried a beaten leather backpack, a bow, a quiver of loose arrows, and a sword. A polished mace and a morning star hung on his belt. Daggers lined a bandolier across his chest. A five-foot-tall tower shield hung from one arm, battered and splintering around the edges. He didn't seem to notice the weight as he approached. What do you want? he asked, holding up the axe to strike. D'Amico threw up his hands. I'm friendly, don't attack! The man's expression fell with disappointment. He sulked off into the darkness. D'Amico called out after him, but he didn't respond. Strange. D'Amico stared after the man for a while, then took a step after him. A new person materialized in the light. This one wore a pirate shirt and green tights. He carried a rapier on one hip and a mandolin over his shoulder. On his head perched a folded cap like Errol Flynn. Um, hi, D'Amico said. Prithee, good my lord, what brings thee to this dungeon of peril and dread? And suddenly he had it. LARPers. Live action role-playing. Basically, grown men playing dress-up. Some would call them the pimple on the ass of the gaming world. D'Amico didn't mind them much, except for at conventions where they spread like a virus, annoyed like crotch rot, and generally brought the entire industry a bad name. They were drunken, obnoxious, and horny. Convention LARPers made D'Amico wish he could call in an airstrike on his own position. I don't know why I'm here, D'Amico said. The guy seemed nice enough, despite the getup. I think I'm lost. Where did you come from? The hospital, I think? Ah, a temple of healing, the cool, soothing touch of the gentle ministrations of the clerical arts. I think you mean ministrations. What is thy injury, sirrah? D'Amico blinked a few times, and the little man in his head gave up completely and decided to kick back in the back row, knock down a little popcorn, and wait for the realization to hit. I was shot in the face, D'Amico said. Ah, the bard, he must have been a bard, said. A grievous wound. Seems healed, though. The last didn't sound like Elizabethan English. The guy couldn't keep character. I got better, D'Amico ventured. It was a test, and the man burst out laughing, slapping his knee and stroking his Van Dyke. So he was a gamer, or a renaissance nut. Someone who watched a lot of Monty Python, regardless. Good, sirrah, of course you did! So, are you here for adventure? I'm trying to find my way out, D'Amico said. Alas, there is but one door out. It seals behind, and it was guarded by a deadly slime. D'Amico glanced back toward the charred spot down the hall. I think someone torched the slime, he said. That would be us, good my lord, the bard said. We are a group of prowess and might, of bitter blades and boastful songs of... Give me the cliff notes, Bardykins, D'Amico said. We kick ass. I see, D'Amico said. Why are you lurking there in the dark? It isn't dark, a voice said from the darkness. No, it isn't, another voice I have a torch right here. Fourth voice. How many people were there? Where? It's written on my character sheet. No, it isn't. Well, I have a lantern. Where? On my sheet. 
Well, you don't have it out. Yes, I do. No, you don't. I distinctly said I pulled it out. A light flared now, not 30 feet down the passage. It came from a lantern grasped in the hand of the big lug of a fighter. Next to him stood a woman in a long navy dress with some sort of gold and red embroidered surcoat down the front and back. Her hair was long, straight, and brown, her eyes pretty and penetrating. Actually, she looked a lot like Jag-era Zoe McClellan. Next to her stood a dwarf. Odd. D'Amico's brain kind of skirted over the image because it wasn't a little person dwarf. It was a Tolkien dwarf, complete with a long red beard and a helm and four axes and a hauberk of chain armor. D'Amico blinked at the creature. Let me introduce everyone, the bard said. I am Lord Arithian the Noble of the House Damocles, a bard and rascal of the highest caliber. How can you be a rascal of the highest? My hulking friend here is Omar, half-elven, warrior of might and terrible power. He doesn't look at all half. The lady is Latiana, a mage of wisdom and subtlety. She clearly isn't old enough to. And the dwarf is Gorthander the Delving, mighty in axe, reverent in faith, wise in the ways of the underworld. Hi, D'Amico said. Back at you, the dwarf said. D'Amico nodded, vaguely wondering if these LARPers were dangerous. They were obviously crazy they were LARPers, after all. But were they the harmless cat lady kind of crazy, or the don't-look-in-the-trunk kind of crazy? I'm Bob D'Amico. D'Amico, the dwarf said. Funny. Why is that funny? D'Amico asked. You are obviously an adventurer of the highest caliber, the bard said. Again with the calibers. Shall we travel this day together? Uh, sure? D'Amico said, I really just want out. Before we leave, we must beard the master of this dungeon in his lair, the bard said. You don't say. Join us, and I will weave a tale of heroism and noble deeds. D'Amico stared at them for a while. Fine. We backtracked this way to determine if the door was indeed closed, Arithian said. Perhaps we should continue along. You just said it was definitely closed, D'Amico said. It is, Arithian said with a sideways glance at Gorthander. But some of us need to be sure. It's a stupid adventure, Gorthander said. I want out. They all walked down past the charred, deadly slime and past where D'Amico must have appeared. They marched until they came to a blank wall of unrelieved stone. Damn it, the dwarf said. Aren't you supposed to be able to check for moving walls and the like? Arithian asked. Oh, Gorthander said. That's right. I'm a dwarf. He didn't say it sarcastically. He said it as if he'd genuinely forgotten. So, Mikey, we go back? Mikey must have been the dwarf's real name because after examining the wall, he nodded and led them back down the hall. They trudged through the dead slime silhouette to the end. There they found a gnarled and swollen door. The thing should have taken all of them to open, but Latiana walked up by herself. With a touch of one gloved hand, the door opened for her. Light shone through from the other side, casting a flickering glow across all of them. One by one, the other four walked through. D'Amico stepped forward and froze. He'd entered a room lit by flaming braziers.